And we back for another episode of the Youth for Life podcast presented by Fight for Life. I'm your host, Orhan Nance, creator and founder of Fight for Life. And I'm here to bring you another episode, another great episode. Before we start, I do want to again always start the podcast by thanking all the listeners, all the subscribers, all the followers that uh, mess with Fight for Life, man, and mess with me. And everybody that's involved with Fight for Life um, Shout out to y'all All the love and support is definitely appreciated It's always seen And uh, it's something that I talk about all the time Because uh, it keeps me going And uh, yeah, shout out to y'all again and again and again and again Oh, I also want to say too If you have any ideas, topics Anything that you would like me to talk about, uh, email me or at me at Fight for Life on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we do have a Facebook page as well. Holla at me. I need ideas. Uh, not really. I just would like to, you know, get some fan interaction. And, uh, but anyway, uh, to get in this episode, I want to talk about self worth. Yes, self worth. Obviously, this is a topic that is on every podcast, but I do want to talk about this because I think this is uh, a struggle for a lot of people, even myself at times, you know, like, I feel as though my self-esteem and value grows every day, but as I continue to learn and grow and figure out what I want to do for Fight for Life, um, you know, my value, uh, my self-worth comes into play because you know I'm sharing my, my own experiences I'm sharing others experiences and that can be tough to deal with sometimes I think that because I don't mind learning I tend to get caught in this spectrum of wow I just learned something that shattered everything else that I previously knew and uh man it, it'll it'll Hit yourself value and your self esteem a little bit because it's like, man, I knew this to be true. I knew that this was quote unquote right. And uh, I think that's where my struggle comes into play when it comes to self esteem. But we ain't here to talk about me. <laughs> We're here to talk about just self esteem in general. I think that for the most part, self esteem is built while you're younger and then it's cultivated as you get older. Having a healthy childhood or a uh, stable childhood can do a lot for you. I know that uh, my childhood plays a big part of uh, who I am and who I'm not trying to be and who I'm becoming, you know. I really do feel like having a, a stable childhood can help cultivate a healthy mirror of self. But, you know, the majority of us don't come from those types of... The majority of us don't come from those types of backgrounds. We come from, you know, fatherless homes. We come from motherless homes. Uh, We come from homes that have heavy amounts of substance abuse issues, abuse, uh, whatever it may be. And we we deal with it. Um, And those things can be a hit to our self-esteem. And I think when, when we get older... We tend to mask everything that we didn't get in childhood with, you know, material or other people. We live in a 
unfixed society, a society that's bred by capitalism and greed and a whole bunch of other things. Um, but because of that, um, it turns our relationships and how we view people into transactions. We turn human beings into uh, items. You know what I'm saying? We turn we turn our best friends into people that uh, has to add to us at all times. And if they're not doing that, they're not friends. We also turn the, the people that we say we love, whether it be a husband, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a wife, into business acquisitions. And uh, I think self-esteem has has a lot to do with that. Um, and it's really not even our faults. So we've just been socialized to be that way. And I think it serves us no good. Um, we must reevaluate everything that's put in front of us uh, to better our self-esteem. Because if we don't, we get caught in this cycle. We get caught in wanting to fit in. And I think that's the biggest one. Uh, because then you become an actor. You become a person that's always... Uh, wearing a mask and always having to remember what you say is the truth and it has so much to do with your personality your lie the lie that you tell people uh, has too much to do with your personality and you know fitting in is just not a thing we should do obviously you not to take that to an extreme not saying you should be like starting your own country and within the country or anything like that but it's just to say you know you should have your own thoughts you should be able to have your own your own mind about things so give your uniqueness a pat on the back you know don't don't let nobody tell you you're not unique you know i like to say as a joke that um i'm perfect i'm gonna make mistakes and it's just a way to tell people that you know I'm not only not a robot but I'm also a person that is very unique and I have a full range of fucking up (laughs) so you know you know allow me to do that because I'm perfect Um, and we all are in certain ways in many ways we all are very 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 unique Um, some people are going to Little at you like you're the first star ever ever to be put in the sky and then you're gonna have other people that's gonna look at you like you should have been left in your daddy's condom. It's just how it goes. Uh, <laughs> but you know, to add some clarity and some solutions to this, uh, what in what ways can we start to build self confidence and self love and uh, that real value? Um I think the first step is to stop trying to be like everybody. Uh, again, embrace your uniqueness. Um, I think a second one obviously be uh, take time out to uh, cultivate a purpose. Uh, your self-esteem uh, can be tied to you know doing things. So if you feel like that you're not doing something that you, uh, or if you feel like you're not on your path when it comes to uh, creativity you know starting small small instances you know start painting start coloring start you know writing a verse start writing whatever you do uh start that because uh, your work is needed in this world um i would also say 
Uh, for the last one is embrace the art of not caring. You know, detachment, healthy detachment is amazing. Once you stop caring about what people have to say about you and what people think all the time, oh, your self-worth and your self-esteem is going to go through the roof. Um, and of course, you know, we're going to keep everything at a balance. I ain't trying to beat you into uh, becoming a, a psychopath or a narcissist or something like that. But, you know, just be mindful of what you give your attention to. Yeah, I'm going to end this with a small clip about self-esteem. And uh, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, following. If you're not following, follow the SoundCloud page. Uh, listen to the other previous episodes. If you have a friend that you think that can benefit from Fight for Life, be sure to point them into our direction. We will embrace them with open arms. <laughs> and uh, yeah, continue to fight for life, y'all. Peace, love. Liking ourselves, having high self-esteem as we tend to put it, is crucial to any feeling of well-being. What's odd then is just how unpredictable the allocation of esteem often turns out to be. There are people with modest jobs, unspectacular bodies and unglamorous friends who confidently nevertheless lay claim to buoyant levels of self-esteem. They seem to like themselves despite the absence of any vigorous signs of approval from the world at large. And then there are others for whom no amount of achievement, prestige and financial security ever seems to do the trick. They anxiously chastise and critique themselves, always feeling that they've underperformed, never quite trusting that they really deserve to exist. Having sound levels of self-esteem ultimately appears to have precious little to do with hitting any verifiable benchmarks. It seems connected up with a stranger, more internal, more subjective kind of logic, with factors immune to standard notions of achievement. Three factors stand out in particular. Firstly, what your same-sex parent did. The single greatest determinant of how much you will esteem yourself is how you compare with your same-sex parent, whether you've achieved more or less than mum or dad. Rather brutally, it seems that comfortable levels of self-esteem are only available to those who've managed to outpace their same-sex parent. Those from a poor background have a big, unwitting advantage here. You might only be driving a beaten-up old taxi around Manhattan and living in one room in Harlem. But if your same-sex parent was a subsistence farmer from eastern Burkina Faso, you will at times feel princely nevertheless. Similarly, yet more darkly, you might have grown up in ostensibly privileged circumstances, but if your same-sex parent made a few hundred million and you're only managing to pull in a middle-class salary, you're liable never quite to shake off a haunting feeling that you're a disgrace. Secondly, what your peer group is up to. We don't feel inadequate in relation to everyone who has more than us, only those who we've come to see as belonging to another crucial determinant of self-esteem, our peer group. By this we mean the people who were educated with us, who are around our age, and who live in our part of the world. These people matter infinitely more to our sense of well-being than the population at large. It's a piece of extreme bad luck 
and a matter for particular commiseration and assistance, if ever our peer group produces someone who starts a billion-dollar company or, God forbid, ends up running the country. Every time someone we went to school with does better than us, a small part of us will die. We should therefore take immense care to attend very ordinary schools and after graduation to throw all invitations to reunions straight in the trash. Thirdly, what kind of love you received in childhood? A lot depends on what kind of affection we were the recipients of in childhood. In particular, how many conditions our love came attached with. Some of us had parents who only knew how to give out the conditional kind of love. It was all about the grades and the school reports. We therefore grew up, of course, to be high achievers. But it's not so easy running around your whole life long, desperate to put out the raging fires of self-hatred, striving to impress everyone you meet in search of an unsatisfied desire for a parental approval you never knew. But others, the blessed ones who've known unconditional love from the start, will be okay just to be. They won't have to do quite so much pushing. They'll have an inner basic buoyancy guaranteed by the knowledge that they once mattered immeasurably. A big reversal like being fired will be unpleasant. It won't necessarily have to be a tragedy. Knowing about the odd internal origins of self-esteem is crucial because of how often we pursue goals in the belief that success will, at last, give us the keys to feeling good about ourselves. It seems the truth is slightly darker. You might ostensibly be doing very well at work, but if your dad was a big shot or your school buddy became president or your parents didn't tank you up with the right unconditional sort of love, no amount of striving, goal scoring and medal winning is ever really going to do it. This changes where we should imagine our challenges lie. Feeling good about ourselves isn't ultimately something we can bring about through professional or economic achievements alone. In huge part, it's going to be about coming to terms with ourselves, the result of understanding our past and the dynamics of shame, conditionality and humiliation that might lie there. It turns out that high self-esteem seems largely to be a prize of psychology rather than the fruit of anything we might achieve out in the world in relation to the economy. <laughs>